You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three white guys sitting in a room. This is how we rap. This is how we rap. What we got? Microphones? This is cool, man. Mama Luca Boo Boo Day. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could you rap if you tried? Probably not. I think you no. could. I always stayed away from it in college when they would have flow sessions down, down south. That's what you do. Would they have you like be the judge? I was the judge. I'd be like, yo. My name is Sims. Yeah. I'm rocking Tim's 20 inch rims. And you got a fourth? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, that's it. Ah, I miss it. Ah. <laughs> it is the Reggie White episode of the podcast, number 92. Man. Do you have any other good 92s? Gosh, I, I, I got to remember to think about this. There's, I got no 92. There's one on the New York Giants. Michael Strahan. Michael right. Strahan. I know. I was going to say, there's, there's a current player on the Steelers. Yep, uh, Jace, uh, you know, Harrison, Harrison, right? Uh, the Bears have one right now. Uh, McPhee, Pernell McPhee. You got it. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank you very much. Uh, but Reggie White is the man that you. This is the Reggie White podcast. Period. Greatest defense player in the history of the NFL. Um, it's truly one of the highlight reels that stands the test of time. Like sometimes when you go back and you look at James Brown, you go. Man, it was just it was he was just a bigger person than everybody. Barry Sanders stands the test of time. Reggie White, when you see him use that club yeah. and you watch another man fly out of the screen, he and he he has Wilt Chamberlain qualities that he invented things right, or right. the rules were changed because of him. Mm-hmm. His stats last the test of time. His rules were changed because of him and my dad. I Which mean, one? The, the dead body weight rule of lifting a quarterback and falling on him is because of what he used to do to my father. Wow. And he never sacked anybody more in his career than my father. And you always talked about their relationship together. Yeah, when da- he would, you know, dad would say, hey, j- shut the f*** up, preacher man. Just go back to the... And he'd remember. Like, dad said it'd be like five years later, and they'd be like... he'd remember pick that my time dad. you said remember that you, about the preacher you, man? Remember you called me that preacher man? You know. Man. Reggie was a great guy, too. I got a, a few chances to spend time with him when he came down to visit us in Tampa before he passed away. And, I mean... Yeah, he's a guy that was, you said it right, he's ahead of his time. Like him and Lawrence Taylor yeah. were playing in the 80s, and they're like the kind of guys we're seeing in football right now. And then you, f- you factor in he played for the AFL for a few years. Right. So like the statistics there aren't really carrying uh-huh. over. Uh, yeah, him, Warren Moon are kind of guys that I don't think we appreciate as much. It, it, we, we should be appreciating more because some of those stats are lost. Yes, yes. But 92. 92, the old Eagles. And we are getting to week 14, and I still feel like we don't know what's going on in the NFL right now. And that's okay, but it's a little bit crazy. It is, it's amazing. I, I don't, you know, I know we've said this. I don't know if we said it on this podcast or if we just in talking, but I don't remember a year ever where even me – as somebody that follows football really yeah. closely where I can just go, no, this team's going to be in the Super Bowl. Well, what's At really, least one of them. Well, what's really funny is the NFC right now, the top two seeds are pretty much cut and dry. 
Dallas is the one, Seattle is the two. Those are likely the two teams getting buys. But if you told me that any other team from the NFC was going to make a run, I'd believe you. But th- th- this, this is what's going to be interesting to me. Just uh, and in the AFC, you could say the Patriots, but I have not been confident in them lately. No, and the, I mean, you're going to sit here and just confidently say that they're going to stop Derek Carr and company. And every time I look up at the Raiders, they're down 15 points. So I'm not going to say that's confident. Right. The Chiefs' quarterback is still Alex Smith. Right. The Ravens could have a game where they stop in a playoff game, force a turnover on a Tom Brady, yeah. they should be able to move the ball. And the Ravens, you know how I feel about them. I don't have a lot of confidence. Let me just give you very interesting. one food for thought comment Ooh, a there. food for thought I like a little food for thought. Is My thoughts need that grip. Seattle's going to Green Bay this weekend. Correct, Amundo. Detroit Lions are playing the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And if Seattle loses and Detroit wins, Detroit is... Your second seed. No. Oh, yeah. What's so funny is is there's a million ways you take that. The Lions lose. The Packers win. The Packers are now one game away. They play the Lions in Week 17. It's crazy. Everything is up in the air. Tampa Bay is currently in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That could change. Um, So with that in mind, uh, we're going to get to Twitter questions in a second because apparently Josh got a bunch. For the first time, I think all three primetime games are fantastic. And I want to know which primetime game you think is the best. Thursday night football, Chiefs Raiders, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Sunday night football, Giants Cowboys, always good. Monday night football, Patriots Ravens, always good. Which is, in your mind, the best football game? Patriots Ravens. Wow, I thought you were going to say Chiefs Raiders. I would have been my prediction. If it was too. a normal week, I think I would have. But I, I, you know, listen. I think one of the big reasons we saw a really awesome Thursday night game last week is because they had a full week to play. They both played on Thanksgiving, and they got a full week to prepare. Oh, and so be your ready to thing go. is you would never put Thursday night football because it's just four or five no. days. No, did I drool on myself? Yeah. Your shirt is literally bit. speckled with <laughs> covered. Uh, I'm really excited to see Baltimore New England because there's a true hatred there. Uh, it was there before Deflate Gate, and now this is the first time they are playing since Deflate Gate. And, and even the one after Deflate Gate, when we didn't even know about Deflate Gate, where it was the Patriots going out there and messing with their alignments. And that was the first time where we really started seeing the tight end tackles and all that stuff and going four wide. I think that's what started it, because yeah. then Tom Brady took shots at John Harbaugh after the game, right? Then maybe he should look at the rules. And I think John Harbaugh in Baltimore said, oh, yeah, you want to talk about rules? Well, we're going to call up the Colts. I got a friend there, Chuck Pagano. Yeah. And that's pretty much the rumor of the NFL. So you think there's a legitimate hatred? There was a legitimate hatred, I think, before this game. James Palmer, who works for the NFL Network, tweeted this out. Tom Brady will take on Baltimore's number one ranked defense in his career in home games against number one total defenses. What do you think Brady's record is? Six games. Ooh, number one total defense is – oh, just a record, you're saying? Just his, his record. I'm going to say – I don't think it's maybe as good as I think. I'm going to say three and three. What do you think, Fendrick? Three and three. Four and two. He's six and oh. Damn. Twelve touchdowns, three interceptions. Oh, baby. It's pretty crazy. Does it say the teams he played or anything? No. No. Okay. It was a tweet, 140 characters. Yeah. Uh, so then you would you go Patriots-Ravens, then Chiefs-Raiders, then Giants-Cowboys? Yeah, Giants-Cowboys lost a lot of luster because the Giants lost last week. And they lost JPP. No doubt about it. I'm a firm believer that when JPP goes down, the Giants season is over. Yeah, I heard you say that earlier. And you don't agree with me. Uh, I'm not totally onto that. I think JPP and like, oh, it's his pass rushes back. I think that all got a little blown out of proportion because it was the Browns and it was Austin Pastor at right tackle, who's not a starting right tackle. I just thought the Giants had a sack problem before JPP with JPP. Yeah. And now I don't see them getting a pass rush with their front four. And I know you think Olivier Vernon's good, but I still think he's a better run stopper than a pass rusher. Agreed on all accounts. Everything you said there, totally correct. Uh, I don't think if JPP's in there this week that they're going to get a great pass for, pass rush on Dallas anyway. So mm. I just look at it like, hey, a guy like Oumagbe Odigizua. Nice he, job. He, thank you. Um, he, uh, we practiced that a lot before the draft. <laughs> I did. You're right. We did. Uh, I think he, he can do a nice job at the defense end position in the run game. Uh, they'll have enough people there to kind of supplant or at least replace that part of the game yeah are you going to be able to replace jpp coming around the edge making freakish plays every now and then yeah no seven sacks thus far for jpp 27 total for the giants on the season uh so it will be interesting uh i just want to do a little bit of fun fact trivia uh do you know this is for all the fans out there 
There was one other name that we were thinking of calling the podcast before we landed on Sims and Lefko that we all really liked. Was but it we uh, didn't go with two guys? Two guys, one spleen <laughs> was what we were thinking of calling the podcast, and I don't know why that came up. We were just thinking of because we're at ninety two. Yes, uh, this was back in the days of Bleacher Report too, where we devoted a solid forty five minutes at the whiteboard in the middle of the office to yes. people just throwing out names for the podcast. Yeah, yes. you're right, which would not happen right Never now. Never happened. But I'm just it, I think we've done the math, and it's looking like episode one hundred is going to be the week of the Super Bowl. It's crazy. Episode fifty was the week of the Super Bowl fifty. Yeah, uh, looks like episode 100 so i was just thinking i'm getting nostalgic two guys one spleen what would be should we go for a full (laughs) rebrand uh let's get to some twitter questions yes we got a bunch of good ones uh i picked out three that we can go through so the first one from sombreo at the sixth sensei he wants to know quote dak and Carr are really good but what nfl teams have gone to the super bowl with young qbs without an elite defense Dak well, and Carr, shoot. really good. I was going to say, I mean, the, the, the young quarterbacks that always come to mind are Russell Wilson, yes, Seahawks, but they Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers, right. who was elite back then. Right. Yeah, young quarterbacks. Tom Brady, but that defense was elite too. I don't know what I, – I'll look real quick. Was the 2001 season? I could tell you exactly where New England was defensively. Did you say Super Bowl? He said, what, uh, what NFL teams have gone to the Super Bowl with young QBs without an elite defense was his question. Hmm. That might be the last one. How did, when Dan new, Marino went to the Super Bowl? Dan Marino went to the Super Bowl in the '84 season. Again, I can you look this up, but I'm pretty sure that '84 team that was the number one defense in football. Uh, even though that was an amazing offense, mm. and it, but yes, I do believe that the 1984 like even even Kurt Warner, you wouldn't say he's young, but like his first season when they were that good, they were the number two defense in football. Exactly that year. right. I know. I don't think people ought to realize. I, I'm looking at it though. I do think it's going to be that New England team is the only one I can could think of, uh, at least off the top of my head, and I'm looking at the stats now. They were the 24th-ranked defense in football in 2001. You want the 1984 season for yeah. the defensive rankings? Right. For the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, let's see where the Dolphins but were. But the also that year, but New England was sixth in points allowed. The Kaepernick defense was really good for yes. the 49ers right. when they so went. NFL.com has the Dolphins' 1984 defense yeah. ranked 19th in the league. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought it was there. So that might be the that might be the yeah, one. That might be, Them yeah. and the New England. Now, I do think... Them and the New England. That, yep. Them in the New England. I do think um, it was a great question because I think that's a truly valid point. The only thing I'll say to that, though, it, this is a different NFL than those days. Like just with the ability to throw, the throwing, the rules, the way they set up, having a good quarterback and a good passing offense is a great equalizer. I'm to also going to say this: I don't consider I both I consider Dak and Derek to be young. I don't consider them to be the same amount of young. Derek Carr with three years is different than decked with like 11 games. Yes. It's a different type of young. Like yes. that's, that's two off seasons. Yes. Like when I talk to these rookies when they go into their second year and I meet them and I go, how different are you now than last year? They're like, dude, I'm a different... I understand now. Right. Dak is still... Not Dak he doesn't still even doesn't know what he doesn't it. know. Yeah. He doesn't even know yet. Dak right. is like, oh, I'm going to do this every year. Dude, and I you talked no all idea. the time about how different that playoff game was when you stepped onto the field versus the regular. It's season. a different game. You know, we always talk about coaches being like really conservative, right? I always say they're right wing conservative games. But what changes when people always go? Oh, what changes in the playoffs? You still have a week to prepare. No, is what coaches realize if we don't win, we go home, and they're willing to take chances. Like, you know, and this when they go trips left to the receiver side over here, and they got trips left. They run these few plays. I don't want to take a chance to run this defense, but, man, we might be able to create something if we do it this week. Mm. So let's go for it because we might not be able to beat them unless we make a playoff doing this. Mm. That's the stuff that goes on in the playoffs. Like coaches, just, And, of course, then they don't leave the office really either. So there's just a little more attention to detail. The breakdowns go a little in-depth. And then coaches get bigger balls. You know what the first thing I thought of right there? Bill Belichick is in the office 24 hours a day as it is. Well, most of it. It doesn't matter. Or he's bringing his huge backpack home with him. So when the coaches put pressure on themselves that aren't typically in the office all the time, and now they're in the office all the time, all of a sudden they're showing up with a play sheet like Ben McAdoo. <laughs> you know what I mean? All of a sudden they're, they're watching game film in a way they haven't done all year. Yep. And we know this. You guys are routine-based people. Yes. So if you decide to study more instead of studying how you always do, you're ruining your routine. Yes. And if you, you ruin your routine, good things don't typically happen out of new routine. I, I, I'm with you, man. Right? Yes. Just do what you've been doing. Yes. You Not ha- everyone's going to be Bill Belichick and go back to that senior bowl to check out that wide receiver route and find a nugget. <laughs> right. If you don't always do that, don't do that. Yes. 
All right, what's the next? It's Twitter hard question? to fall into that trap. Next I question. I can imagine. Yeah. It's like study. It's like extra study right. for an exam. Right. Next question I'll bring up, not because I agree with the point, but because I think it'll lead to good conversation. Peter Edwards at Peter E, 1995. Is there a better trio right now or in the past than Prescott, Elliott, and Dez? It's a good question. Prescott, I mean, Elliott, and Dez. Just right now, I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to take Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown over those three. Mm. Now, that, that's a, there, he's got a lot of things to say. Uh, what about Cooper, Carr, and Murray? They're not up there with the Steelers. I don't think so. Not quite okay. yet. I don't think you can put Murray in the class of like an Ezekiel or a Le'Veon Bell. You know. Yeah, sure. Um, no, keep keep talking. What now you're trios. I mean, other trios. He's forgetting guys like Emmett, Michael Irvin, and Troy Aikman. I mean, that's an obvious. He's one, forgetting Joe, Jerry, and Roger Craig. I mean, there's you know Franco, Lynn Swan, and Terry Bradshaw. I mean, if you want me to really get in the weeds, uh, now. But right now, just as far as that's concerned. It's certainly. I mean, Ryan, I mean, even right now, Ryan, Julio, and uh, Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman. I know. Um, very good, but yeah, I think that might. Uh, those two, I think. There's not the, a lot of great. There's a lot of teams with good wide receivers and not great running yes, backs. Yes, right they now. usually don't have both, right? It, it, it's funny. Before the season, I think about fantasy, and all the fantasy experts were saying stop taking running backs and only take wide receivers. And I, I look at the end of the year right now and. A lot of the running backs that we thought could be good or not. The inconsistency of the running back position has been has been a consistent trend over the last few years yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Whether it's injuries, which makes sense because the running back position or is the that, rules. or the fact that the offensive line position has yeah. been getting worse and worse yeah. and worse. Yes. I, I do think that at some point somebody needs to bring the conversation to the table, and I think I've said it before, but like some of these low end defense alignment in college, they gotta like start to realize, like, you know what? I'm in like my sophomore year. Year, I'm the second string D tackle. I'm not going to go to the pros. But I got quick feet. Maybe I could be a guard. And I can be a Sweezy and be a. That's what Sweet Jr. Sweezy did for the did Seattle he? Seahawks. He was a defensive lineman in college. It's funny we see it flipped. Alexander, the sack, the old sack guy for the Bills, used to be O line. He switched D line. Mm-hmm. What do you think is easier to do? Oh, I would. Oof. I would think. I would think. Mm. I got to think it's easier to play defense. It is. It's it, there, there's a guy that's easier to attack than be attacked. Yes, there and is. on defense, you just get to run at the quarterback. You, there's right? less rules. There's less things to worry about. You're not going to be as jumbled in Everyone your mind. Everyone tells me you need to be smarter to be an offensive. Yes, lineman. there was a game this weekend. I wrote it down too. There was a game this weekend where an offensive lineman played actually defensive line, and I'm blanking. I on think it. it was the Bucks. It happened a oh, few weeks ago too. Wait, yeah, might have been. Might have been the Bucks. Wait, hold on. I watched the film yesterday, so give me a second if you want to blabber about something. Like it might have been the I like Falcons as well. And scrolls through his notebook like oh, this. I can't remember what the heck it was. Well, apparently. Apparently, people are telling him that I interrupt him a lot, so oh, it was I'm the, not going to say anything. It was the Falcons, <laughs> Ben Garland. There it is. Yes. He's been doing that multiple times this year. It's hilarious. And he's had success. He has moments because he's a really good athlete. Now, yeah. he has moments where literally he gets blown like seven feet out of the screen, <laughs> and it's actually really funny because you're like, look at this giant guy just like falling out of the side of the... But he hustles. Yeah. He runs around. He almost broke Ken O'Neill's neck last week because <laughs> Ken O'Neill was like going in to make a tackle, and he just came out of nowhere at like full speed. It was like... Rawr! Uh, but it, it, is, it is an amazing transition. Right. So we got an interesting question from Bajan at 007 Sports, longtime friend should. of the podcast, not related to the current NFL, just a football question. Like he that. wants to know, would most players rather make $150 million and win no Super Bowls in their career or only make $20 million and win a Super Bowl? Mm. This is a good question, it and is. it makes me think of a few players. A Brandon Marshall who has never even played in a playoff game and has a lot of game checks. Yep. Um, there's a few other guys that have never... I mean, Joe Thomas. I've asked my dad this conversa- this question before. So this is really funny, and this is what came to my head right away. Go can, for it. I'm playing in the NFL. We're at my old high school. I'm, like, having a summer workout right before I go to training camp, and dad came over to watch me throw to whoever I was throwing to. And we were, like, taking a break for a minute. And I was, like, we got into talking about Dan Marino. And Dan Marino's done really well for himself off the field. He's made tons and tons of money. Um, and I, I said something like that to my dad. And... <laughs> I was like, Dad, what, what would you rather do? Have like the hundred million that Dan has, or your two Super Bowl rings? And he looked at me, he goes, "Man, fuck these rings. I'll take the cash." Really? Yeah, that's wow. what he said. And he's like, "You know what I can do with a hundred million and all the things I could do and help people and do all that." And I was like, "All right." Yeah, I'll. but don't you think the Super Bowl rings allow you? Like yes, an economy I, after your career. Yes, there's no doubt about that, and it puts them in a prestigious class. And I'm going to say this: that was hundred million is a lot. Yes, but. When I see these athletes, and I know how fans are, 
Dan Marino and Charles Barkley have had to answer the same question yeah. their whole life. And eventually looking at someone and going, you know how much cash I got? isn't going to fill that annoyant void in your heart. Mm -hmm. Because there's something about people looking at you and you knowing what they're going to ask you. Yes, or what they're thinking. You're right. And that's very annoying as a competitor. And we know the unnecessary amount of praise that players get for winning a Super Bowl. Right. Like, your dad's one of the few guys that his Super Bowl performance is worthy of me being like, he's a Super Bowl winning like player. Right. But there's so many guys that are like, he won a Super Bowl. And it's like, that's, it's a little overrated winning a Super Bowl. Yes. In a team very, sport. Yes. It's very overrated. That's, I get, you know, that's why I get sick of the whole quarterback conversation. Because yes. the quarterback wins the Super Bowl, apparently. It wasn't that great Seattle defense or New England's we defenses or anything like that. We had a debate in the kitchen, me and a bunch of the editors about Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. Oof. And it is going to be... Now, I've said that the Terrell Davis Hall of Fame is the best argument. I think it's the most fun. Mm -hmm. Six years, three of which were the best season that maybe anyone's had the position, a 2,000-yard season, an MVP, two Super Bowls, but the man only played six years. The Eli Manning one is a less fun argument. Two Super Bowls, two iconic moments, mm -hmm. the David Tyree catch, which actually was a great play, but a bad throw. Yes. The Manningham, which was all around an incredible mm -hmm. freaking yeah, throw. Yeah, incredible throw. And very clutch Best in those situations. Best throw of his career, yes. But overall, a very average career. Very. It's not going to be fun when he's up there, man. Because I, dude, I was hosting an event with Ocho Cinco. And someone said, Eli Manning, and Ocho Cinco rolled his eyes. Yes. And I said, tell him the truth, Chad. And Chad said, Eli is, over, is overrated. And this guy, without breathing, goes, two Super Bowls. And I, I don't know. It's the know, ultimate man. fallback argument. It is. And, and you know me. Like When I talk about sports and the Eagles come up and someone brings up the Super Bowls, you roll your eyes. But that, in that way, we're talking about teams. So Super Bowls is relevant. But Justin Tuck was the MVP of one of those Super Bowls. And the defense was the MVP of the other. That's, that's what I don't think people really realize. So like, what is going to – do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Of course not. No. I don't know if he's ever had a, a year in his career where I can say he was a, one of the 10 best quarterbacks in football other than maybe that 2012 season, right? Yes. That was the season when he was really clutch with all the fourth quarter drives, things like that. I, yes. I, I, no, I don't see him being an elite. Because uh, what's going to be interesting is his stats are going to look good compared to former quarterbacks, yes. but they're not going to look good against the Breeze, the Roethlisberger, the Rivers the in his own. Yeah. I mean, look, if Stafford wins a Super Bowl, his stats are going to drown out Eli Manning. It's not even going to be close. Yes. So, I mean, Eli has, what, two, three years left? Plus, I mean, Eli hasn't been to the playoffs in five years, and nobody cares. I don't really understand that. Like, if Big Ben didn't make the playoffs for five years, people would be on Big Ben, yet he carries his team weekly. So, with the last name and with the two Super Bowl rings and with those two highlight reels, do you think he gets in? Not whether or not he deserves it, but do you think he gets in? I don't think he will because I think the, knowing how this process works, and basically it's a political process to get into the Hall of Fame, you have to start pushing your name or You don't think he's got the politics? I I do we think he does, but I think a lot of these writers are going to call other NFL people they know. And I think the reaction to anybody that has played in the Eli Manning era is going to be exactly what Chad Ochocinco does. I can't tell you how many defensive players I've talked to, and they go, I, I don't really get why people talk about Eli Manning as one of the best quarterbacks in football. There was a notion that when he won the second Super Bowl, people went, he's a Hall of Famer. And then we like sent it in, yes. and we're like, we'll and then be here doing we are this. five years later. Five years later, he hasn't done anything. This, the, the, let's just make this quick point. First of all, the 2007 team that beat the undefeated New England team. Great job. He was on fire in the playoffs. It was amazing. Justin Tuck. That team was better than New England. They were only where they were because Eli was inconsistent all year. And that's, that's why they weren't the one. Talent for talent, I think most coaches would have gone, oh, that would be a close one. I would definitely take the Giants defense over that New England yes. defense. And you're forgetting Plexico Burress and the amazing offensive line Eli's had. Eli and they had three really good running backs. Exactly. Eli in his career has had shocky. Plexico Burris, who was one of the five best Amani receivers of the time. Amani Tumor. Tiki Barger was the leading rusher he in football. He was phenomenal. Exactly. He had the best offensive line in football. He had Steve Smith. He who had was the Brandon Jacobs, who was a game changer in his He's prime. got Odell Beckham Jr. He's had nothing but top-tier talent around him his whole career. Yeah. Period. I mean, uh, so I take that into account, too. Has he done good? Is he an NFL legend? For sure. Yes. But to say he's a Hall of Famer, I just think that's... 
kind of ridiculous. It's a little interesting. But it's the New York area around here. I, I, you're, they're not going to let it die. And I, it's I, unbelievable. I'm amazed with some of the people at offense sometimes. If, they're always he gets like, oh, in, if he gets in, two of the worst quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame will be from New York, Joe Namath and Eli Manning. Yeah, and I would say Joe, Joe Namath was good. Yeah. Joe Namath, what's really funny, we were having this debate right. yesterday. Has there ever been a player that represents what the true title of the Hall is more than Joe Namath? The Hall of Fame. Yes, he right. He is fame. And he had athletically something superior that he did. What was it? He could really throw it. Joe in his prime was looked at like, man, this is like Dan Marino. Think about right now so, if a Heisman, I don't think he won the Heisman, Joe Namath. I don't think he did. Oh, but no. an Alabama national title winning quarterback that then goes to New York, wears a fur coat by a Miami pool and guarantees a win over an NFC team when they've never played before. Man, yes. you couldn't have been more popular than that guy. Right. Yep. Right. Holy crap, fame. Uh, so I want to do a little bit of quick. St- Actually, you know what? With the Jets, Todd Bowles. Oui. You think he get fired? I think the last. You didn't get a chance to talk about the Monday night game with the epically bad performance. Yeah, I know. I legit- it's the only NFL game that I haven't watched this season, and I'm not going back and watch it. <laughs> yeah, you, don't, you didn't miss anything. Literally, it's one of those games when I got done and I have to write my power, I mean, my grades article and power ranking article. Uh, I was uh, on there with my ghostwriter, and I was like, listen, like. You have a ghostwriter? I do. You uh, don't write those articles? No, sorry. <laughs> Um, I missed that. I get, I get to talk. He gets to type. It would take me four days to type one article <laughs> if that was the case. But um, the one thing is, all, yeah, all you got to do at Lefko is look at the stats. The stats are really one of those games that tell you the story. But for as far as the Bulls question, Lefko, yeah. I think the big thing is, like, this, it actually is one of these, like, I know this is, like, cliche. Yes. The last four games and how they perform, I think, are going to be really important to saving his job. This is when we get back to the age-old Energy and excitement. Like, Owners understand energy. Exactly. Well, they play hard. Right. If you don't play hard, you might as well. Be I mean, done. if you lose the way you did to the Colts, and now they're going out to San Francisco, and if they lose to oh, San Francisco, man. that's going to be. Are, those are two. You could even play well, and if you lose that game, they're going to be looked at as. Which was, organization is in the best place moving forward? Oh. Jets, Niners, Browns. I think. Oh, I think the Jets still. I do think the Jets... Because they got like a Leonard Williams. I mean, coming into the season, you thought the Jets were a playoff team, No doubt about it. It's the most surprising thing to me in general. I think they had playoff-type talent. But I do think, at least with that defensive line, uh, the the Darren Lee kid at middle linebacker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know Buster Screen hasn't been a killer. Marcus Williams, those guys at corner, they're good. Uh, Yeah, I would still say them. They have some pieces on the O-line. but What about Niners and Browns? I like the Browns because I like Hugh still, and I, I kind of like their front office a little bit. And I look at the Niners, and I go, well, they're going to probably fire Trent Balky and figure out that they have to restart over. Yeah, it's uh, the Niners have some young corners that I like. They got DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead, who I do think have potential. It's not always great. I think their O-line is better than people realize. Okay. That's why they've been able to run the ball. Yeah. Man, I don't know. They're both really dysfunction. I could never pick the Browns in anything right now. I'm sorry. They so. are the worst they team in football. They are the worst, yeah. They are it's official. It is. All three of these teams also need a quarterback, right? Uh, yes, all three. I mean, badly. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what to say anymore about the Blake Bortles thing. Like, I, yeah, I picked the 49ers to win this weekend. I'm not, I'm not picking uh, Bryce Petty. No, mm. he's, I got to see it to believe it first. Okay, let me do some stat games with you two. Yes. I need to get some music for your stats. I want to work on that. Uh, okay, the top. I feel like every year there's always a moment, and I haven't seen it from the national media yet, talking about like a receiver that's like chasing a record, whether it's a Calvin Johnson, because I don't think we have that. So who are the top? There are only five receivers in the NFL that have over 1,000 receiving yards thus far. Who are they? Dum, bum, bum, ba, dum, can, I, can I look at teams? Yes. I'm going to look at teams. Yeah, I got to look at teams. Was too. that making fun of Sims, or was that legit? It was, it was a little Because that's above. legitimately the Sims' response every time. We well, I don't know if you, you want to do my challenge. I'm just going to look at the teams. I'm just going to look at All the right, teams. All right, well, Julio for sure. Julio is number one by a large margin, 1,253 oh. yards, almost 200 more than number two. I know T.Y. Hilton did because I know they T.Y. Hilton about is it. number two, okay. 1,088. So there's I, a solid I, gap. He did it in the game the other day, so I remember them saying that. Yes. Odell. Odell is number five. Oh, Odell did get to 1,000 yes. the other day. Okay, um, hold on. We're missing somebody. Why oh. do you say hold on like I'm going to move ahead? Yeah. I don't know. I'm because I'm just, just so the people at home know that the answer's coming. Well, the other guy in that game, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's number four. Number three. <laughs> Who am I missing here? Uh, 
Oh, in Houston. Uh, no. Hopkins, no. The Brock Osweiler is their quarterback. Brock, right? yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is not in the top 25. I, okay. I, I know this. It's the guy in Tampa, Mike Evans. It is, Mike Evans. Yeah. Now, Amari Cooper will likely pass that on Thursday. He needs 19 yards. A.J. Green will likely not pass that, which stinks. Uh, and then the next one's Larry Fitz at 880. So the reason, part Be- of the reason. Before Russell- you go on, I hope the people listening at home are playing along with the stat games as well. And they should tweet at us and tell us how they do when you put these questions out there. Sounds great. Uh, <laughs> you came to me this week and said this week was the perfect reason to argue that Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins are not top five wide receivers. Yeah. Yes, there was three arguments this week that I could, if I could just show everybody at home film, it would be the Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., the Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning thing. If you didn't watch that game and know who's better, then you're, you're blind in both yes. eyes. And then the Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees thing. If you're going to compare them and if you watch that game, I don't know what planet you're on if you think Drew Brees is on the same planet as Matthew Stafford. But, but Antonio Brown, yes. what happened in that Giants game? Well, I just think it's the perfect example of a game where, you know, my thought is Antonio Brown, awesome, but I always say he's not one of the five best receivers in football. He's certainly not one, two, or three, in my opinion. Mm. I, it's arguable top five. I get it's it. It's crazy. He's got the most receiving touchdowns in the NFL. He's got yes. the most catches in the NFL. Yes. And you're saying he's not top five. No, I'm not. Um, but the, I think the big thing is all if you got to go or get a chance and you got NFL Game Pass or something like that, go watch film. Watch Janoris Jenkins all over his butt all game long. I mean, he didn't really create any separation. You saw his touchdown catch. I mean, that was a 32-yard throw on the run with a guy all over him. He just happened to have his head turned and bend through it six feet in the air to where he could jump up and catch it and get two feet down. You know, Big Ben, we got to take into account that he's the best downfield thrower in the, fo- in the NFL in the football, or he's the best downfield. Your issue with Antonio Brown is the same issue you have with Tom Brady. It's and I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I'm just saying Tom Brady has an offensive coordinator and a system, mm-hmm. and it's hard to judge him that way. Antonio Brown has an elite throwing quarterback yeah. and a system yeah. that helps him. But I think I can judge this easier but what than you that. S- okay, go. Just because I can at least see enough instances like the Giants, if they had to cover Odell Beckham Jr., they would not leave Janoris Jenkins on an island all day long because mm. that would be over. You like to look at the way teams defend certain players, mm-hmm. and that's how you see the respect level. I, yeah. So, who was a wide receiver that the Giants faced this year that maybe they weren't af- that they were afraid to? Yeah, let me just look at their schedule. They did play Julio. They did play Julio, and they showed Julio respect. What they does did. that mean? Well, in certain situations, like in certain third down situations, they would basically like. We're going to play man-to-man on everybody else, but we're double-covering Julio. Did they double-cover like, Antonio at all? N- no, they did not. Not once. Not once. I don't re- now, did they play cover two a few snaps? Sure, but there was just cover two. It wasn't like they were like, oh, we're doubling Antonio here. Safety over the top, yeah. corner jam. And, and it was mostly Janoris on him, uh, but there was snaps of Eli, Eli Apple on him as well. Mm. You know, My big thing with receivers is, you know what my big thing is, can you really fly straight away? You, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Amari Cooper can fly and explode in a straight line, and that's what scares DBs. That's what gets mm. you open because they go, oh, my gosh, he's going to run by me for a 70-yard touchdown. Let me just turn around and run. Yes. Oh, but now I'm 10 yards away from him, and he stopped at 10 yards, and he caught a curl route. On the other guy you think is not top five, you definitely have Mike Evans in your top five. Oh, A.J. Why Green, is- though. Why is Mike Evans in your top five and not DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, well, DeAndre Hopkins, first of all, I think it's questionable whether he's a real number one wide receiver. I, that's, that would be my thing. I think DeAndre Hopkins would be is legitimately, if he got on a team and he was with another top-tier receiver, we'd all go, oh, yeah, he's look at him running next to A.J. Green. He's not A.J. Green. Mm. He's a number two. That's what he is. He's a great route runner. He's got phenomenal hands. He's got a little size. He'll go over the middle. But just to what I just said, DeAndre can't run. He ain't, he's not even as fast as Antonio Brown. So, and uh, he's a lot younger. Yes. So I, I think this will be but the is it? But can't you be a top five guy like, a, like Kelvin Benjamin if he's clicking or, or Mike Evans that can be a physical – like a Keyshawn. Like, there was a time where Keyshawn was a top five. Mm, I don't know. Really? I don't know about that. I'm just thinking, like, the Kelvin Uber can't possessed- run quite enough to do that. But, like, Mike Evans is just enough to, for me to say, yep, he can scare you because he can run by you. But then he has this great size. And even when you do cover him, mm. Jameis can just throw it up at a spot like eight feet up high on the sideline. Yes. And he can go up and get the ball. I don't know, man. DeAndre can play the ball at its highest point. I really know, but well. he can't run like Mike Evans. Isn't it hard to evaluate with Brock freaking Osweiler? It, 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 listen, certainly is. It certainly is. I just look at like 
again, like, you know me, I'm a big in like, let me just watch the film. Is he separating from guys? Like, is he getting open? Because I'm not going to sit there and just evaluate. Like, yeah. I, I realize that Brock Osweiler, like, you can't hit yes. the broadside of a barn sometimes. So I'm not going to dock him like, oh, he's open, but yes. Brock threw it over his head. That's a horrible route. No, he's just a guy. What about, I, what about Jordy? Jordy is coming into form. Jordy, the last few weeks at least, is becoming explosive once again, like able to make a guy miss, yeah. able to at least scare you upfield and then put the brakes on. And, um, n- but not right now. I'm not putting him in that class. Gotcha. I mean, he's just getting healthy, I think. The two sack leaders in the NFL, Von Miller is three ahead. He's number one. Number two is Vic Beasley at ten and a half. Mm. And then there are five guys tied with ten. Who are the five guys? Ooh. You guys can look at teams if you'd like. All right, right off the back. If you're at home, play along Right with off us. the back, Khalil Mack and Lorenzo Alexander. Khalil Mack Justin is Houston? tied. Lorenzo no, Mack. Justin, he's only been back for three weeks oh, or four right. weeks. So, Didn't uh, he have one game where he had? He had like three against Denver on that so Sunday night game. you are correct. So Lorenzo Alexander and Khalil Mack are definitely in there. Okay. Um, mm, okay. Another ten. Two minutes. NFC teams and one AFC team. Okay. Thank you. That's a nice little... A nice little uh, an NFC team and an AFC team. Is your Brandon Graham at 10 sacks? No. No. Okay. Um, Brandon Graham's not in the top 20. He doesn't have seven. Man, who am I missing in the Any NFC? Vikings? Oh, Cliff Averill? Cliff Averill is one of the guys. Okay. Yes. So you have one NFC and one AFC guy left. One NFC guy. Come on, man. Come on, brain. Work, brain. Um. Ooh, is there anybody on the Redskins? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, there might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is he there, Kerrigan, at 10? Ryan Kerrigan has 10 sacks. Okay, so now I'm missing the AFC guy. AFC, and Fendrick has mentioned the team, but the wrong player. Oh, D Ford. D Duh. Ford, 10 right, sacks. Right. Other guys that are right there, Daniil Hunter at 9.5, mm. Arakapo at 9, Arakapo. Cameron Wake at 8.5, and, and then Suggs and everybody else is there at 8. What's crazy, too, like just watching those films last week, like, you know, everybody watches Jacksonville, Denver, pick six. Happens because Von Miller hits Blake Bortles as he's throwing the ball. No one is even saying that. What's funny is Von Miller posted a picture of him. It said, get over here, Blake. And that was the interception yes. that led to it. Yeah. People say that was just a bad throw by Blake. No, he actually got hit. He actually got hit. But it was Von Miller. And then, you know, Khalil, yeah, he got one sack, which was a huge sack. It closed out the game. It's a forced fumble, fumble recovery sack all in one. But then I don't think people are remembering, too, the drive before that, Tyrod Taylor's dropping back in his own end zone as he's throwing it. Khalil Mack hits his arm and it gets intercepted and that puts the game away too. So I'm just uh, those they're they're unreal. We're we're in an era right now where these guys have like there's more six three two hundred and fifty pound freaks than ever before. That's why we that's why the NFL misses because everybody's trying to get those guys and they take these risks on these tweener six three two fifty. Yeah. Which in the NFL you're either going to be small or you're going to be slow <laughs> and one of those two things is bad. Depends on which one it is. Uh-huh. All right, top five. All-purpose yard players, not including punt and kick returns. Who are the top five all-purpose okay, yard players? Okay, David Johnson. Let's is just get, number one. Of course. David Johnson's the best running back in football. That's official. That is official. I'm, it's unreal. I've never seen a team that goes, hey, it's third and ten. David, we're going to split you out on one side, and we're going to have Michael Floyd split on the other side, and we'll let Larry Fitzgerald play the slot. David, you're the receiver over here. It's third and 10, and we're going to throw a 12-yard out to you against their starting corner. Do you mind catching that and toe-tapping? Like, I've never seen anybody ask to do that. So you'd put him over Le'Veon and Zeke. Yes. I went into the year going David Johnson was a poor man's Le'Veon Bell. Now I'm saying Le'Veon Bell is a poor man's David Johnson. That is the truth of the matter right now. Wow. Yeah, I know. David Johnson's special, dude. So David's your one. Zeke Le- would be my two over Le'Veon. Yeah, I would Zeke. Zeke's running right now. I Le- know. Do you know what Le'Veon? Well, <laughs> I know, I know well, you love Le'Veon. No, I know. no, 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 no. I was going to say that Le'Veon has been so successful at being patient. Yes, and is told he's so great at being patient that it's a little bit like Lashawn McCoy in his second year under Chip. His first year, he was amazing. It was like seventeen hundred rushing yards. They had articles written about him all off season, and then he came and he was dancing so much. Yes, Zeke does not know. To not dive forward or hit the gap. Le'Veon sometimes, I love his patience, but Zeke's lack of patience puts him over him in sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So those are your top three. Who's four? Melvin Gordon? <sighs> Probably LaShawn McCoy. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. He's a beast. He is a beast. Wow. David Johnson, number one. Yeah, so David Johnson's number one in all-purpose. Who's number so, two? All right, we're going all-purpose yards. Or top five. 
Um, what are his yardage? Can I just can you 1,709, 1,005 rushing, 704 receiving. Okay, Ezekiel Elliott's in there. Ezekiel Elliott's two, 1,600. Are there any, any more running backs? They're all running backs. Yeah, all running backs. Okay. So Le'Veon in there? Le'Veon is five. He does. Man, he missed four games or three games. And he's, he's still, still number five. That's, That's unbelievable. Amazing. He missed how many games? Four, and he's 400 behind David Johnson. So mm. I think yeah. He, yeah, I think he missed three. Um, then we got, mm, is Devontae Freeman in there? No. Okay. Devontae Freeman is 14. How about our Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon is three. Okay. 1,411. Um, so I got what three or four so far? You got four. Four. You need one more. <laughs> uh, what are you doing over there? I don't know. Um, okay, hold on. I gotta go. Hey, hold on. Okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> hold look, on. Are you looking at the teams? I am just looking at teams. Look at the teams. Who the hell am I missing here? What the? F- I hate when I can't get these. Spencer Ware. No. Damn it. He's tenth. Damn. Damn. Okay. Last best. Last last guess. Oh, Demarco Murray. Yes. Yeah. You guys got them all this week. I had, no, no, I got them all. I got them. This was all. not my week because this <laughs> uh, was defense and running backs. Like it was two in the week. Two in the week. Now, now there were. <laughs> I'm throwing out DeAndre Hopkins for. <laughs> there are two wide receivers in the top twenty that have zero rushing yards. All these receivers, when you look at them, who, uh, who are these guys? Antonio Brown has nine rushing yards. Um, who are these guys? Has Ted few, right? Ginn has rushing yards. Tyler Lockett has rushing yards. Who are the two wide receivers in the top 20 that so have, have rushing yards? rushing yards? There's no tight ends in there, right? No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, like, Travis Kelsey. And I, mean, and I also mean no other return yards. Like, Odell has return yards in there, too. Okay. Right? And he's got a reverses, so I think he T.Y. Has... Hilton has return yards. So these are wide receivers that do nothing but catch the ball. Yes. Who are they? Mm, this is a good one. Michael Thomas. No. Darn it. There is a Michael, though. There is. All right, hold on, hold on. There is a hold Michael. Ooh, Mike Wallace? Nope. Mike, Mike Evans? Has Mike that? Evans yeah. and Julio Jones. Uh, oh, man, Julio hasn't got a reverse Julio or doesn't have a rush yard, a kickoff, or a punt return yard. It is all 1,253 receiving yards. Wow. You'd think with Kyle Shanahan, yeah, they'd give him a reverse creative. at least every now and then. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yep. What's wrong with you, Kyle? You're man. no good. All right. It is now time for top five. Is top five before guaranteed? <laughs> yeah, we can do top five first this week. <laughs> top five quarterbacks. Ba, 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 so Sims ba, ba, gave me the five names. He gave me one and two, and then he decided he needed more time to figure out three, four, and five. Yeah, so. I'm just figuring it out. All right, and I'll do what I usually do, which is look at week 13 and guess who he's going to pick. So top five quarterbacks. Number five. Number five. Oh, baby. It was a duel in the desert, and he made some big throws. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, yeah. Including a bomb, the J.J. Nelson, that he caught, and it was incredible. And that was, you know what's funny? Hmm. Bruce Arians, second down, game on the line. You're supposed to run the ball out. (laughs) In the Packers game in the playoffs, he threw it, and it backfired. Earlier this year, he was playing the Seahawks. No, last year also, playing the Seahawks. Went for it. Backfired. Finally, it didn't backfire, and they won the game. Kahuna's pay off. Finally. Um, number? Number four. four. He went out to the West Coast. Tampa Bay's Jameis Winston. Yeah. Yo-ho, yo-ho, Jameis is for me. Jameis, Jameis, Jameis. Man. Baller. Baller, and I, I just like. He out Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers. Yes, exactly right. That's exactly right. There was just so many plays where he was dancing in the pocket, people in his face, just avoiding them, dumping it off just as he's going to get sacked to get the receiver at eight-yard completions. I mean, he just makes so many big throws. That's where I look at Jameis Winston. It's not always about the yards. It's the quality of the throw and the timing of it like the Cameron Brait touchdown yeah he's like triple covered and there's like a window this big and he puts it right into it and gives him to a spot where he, only he can catch it and Jameis's movement is phenomenal um but I you know Jameis like 20 completions 280 yards it's the same way every week when they complete passes it's daggers in your heart there was a time he started off the season you were super high on him and mm-hmm. then he hit a lull yes where it was like bad week bad week bad week mm-hmm. what has he fixed I think it's just patience. 
That's what, that's the big thing. I actually had a, just in one of my articles, I read, maturity and patience, just like in the Seattle game, even though I know he threw the dumb pick in the back of the yes. end zone. But for the most day, he's like, I'm just going to take with most of the day. Okay. The he, day. he is Mr. Grammatical. He loves to oh, like. Yeah. He's Mr. Grammatical. <laughs> Mr. Bill Grammatical. You're, Marta, you're Martin Grammatical. Um, uh, <laughs> patience. Totally. Yes, his patience. Like even the Seahawks game. He won that game because he just goes – he made a few decisions where he just said, mm, that's a little tight. I'm not going to throw it in there. I'm going to dump it down. Everyone tells me his O-line sucks, and yet I feel like he has time to let these routes develop. He, it, it, not really. At times he does. I mean, they, they take chances in letting routes develop all the time. And his, like I said, his movement in the pocket is way underrated. He's a way better athlete than people mm. realize. And the other thing, too, is not that it's a great, but their running game is better. It's effective. Doug Martin goes north and south. That's what, exactly right. So you have to respect it, even though it might not be ripping off 120 yards. Number three. He played a seven-on-seven football game up here in the New York area. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. It was like there was no defense on the field. Yeah, I oh. texted Sims. I said, what the heck happened? And he goes, it was seven-on-seven football. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, it was embarrassing. He was, like, stepping up in the pocket, and he was like, oh. I mean, Andrew Luck, there was a few throws in the game where I honestly thought he was choking to death because the guy was so open. He was like, oh, my gosh, let me just get it to him. I mean, that was an embarrassment, but regardless it's Andrew Luck. It's down the field. It's four touchdowns. Yes. It's 22 of 28. I mean, come on. Man, number yeah. two. Number two. I'm going to guess. You know. Come on, man. Come Stafford? On. You know it. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford went down to the south and won an old-fashioned shootout against Drew Brees. It's funny. I always assume Stafford would have like a Georgia accent, but he's a California kid. He's from Texas. Is he? He went to the same high school as Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. Oh, I thought they went in California. No, they was in Texas. It's okay, Dallas Skyline. That's right. Good story, though. Thanks. So uh, he talks like <laughs> he talks like you thought he did. Hi, mate. Stifer, for throw me the ball, bro. I'm <laughs> open out here, 12 yard out. Give it to me. Then I'll turn up field, run up field. Gonna get good. <laughs> That's a good he was one. pretty awesome, huh? He was unreal in the game. Uh, again, when I watched that film this morning, uh, the movement by Matthew Stafford once again. But man, I mean. I, I just can't say enough about what he's doing right now. Some of the big throws down the sidelines to Golden Tate when Golden Tate caught that one-handed catch. Uh, the ability to change the play at the line of scrimmage when they blitz and then throw the other big touchdown to Golden Tate. He just makes so many game-different, I mean, third-down completions. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, if you, how could you watch that game and think that Drew Brees is in the same class as Matthew Stafford when Drew Brees has more talent around him, a better offensive line, a running game, and Sean Payton, but yet Drew, Drew Brees gets outdueled by Matthew Stafford with lesser in all those departments? So number one, you're either disrespecting Derek Carr or Joe Flacco. Who did you not pick? I didn't pick old Derek Carr this week. Joe Flacco, number one. Joe Flacco Tell me what it. you saw. Man, Joe was surgical this week. Uh other than his one semi-dumb interception as he's rolling to yes, his right ear. Yeah, right. But other than that, uh, it, it's not about always like completions when I look at it, too. It's like the quality of the completion. You've heard me say that a lot. And what Joe Flacco did so much in this game that killed the Dolphins was every completion wasn't just accurate. It was like totally on the money to where receivers never had to break stride. You saw Brashad Perryman mm -hmm. catch the shallow cross. Saw Mike Williams, uh, I mean, uh, you know, what's his name? Mike Wallace over the middle. Uh, Pitta. Who's having a quiet, good season. Yes, he can still run, yeah. like you were saying. So you got to respect it. It opens up a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, okay, you want to bump Mike Wallace? Okay, well, he's going to catch some slants every game because you're going to be shit scared he's going to run by you for 70. Mm -hmm. But Flacco was really good, and Flacco, we've... We've made fun of for dumb mistakes and bad second halves all year, and I felt like I uh, has the Marty Morningwegs switched. Have you seen it now paying off? Uh, Going from Tressman to Morningweg, I don't think there's a huge difference in the offense in general. I don't look at it and go, "Oh wow, they're they're a different team now." How, how the heck did they get 38 points out of nowhere? Yeah, well, uh, the thing where I think I misevaluated this game. What is the greatest strength we talk about Miami? That defensive line, right? I mean, their defensive line or their offensive line. Yeah. That Baltimore offensive line was like, no, up your butt. Ronnie Stanley's back. Right. And Yondo's healthy. So uh, now they're not playing Alex Lewis and this other guy. Yeah. I mean, they still have Ducasse at one of the tack uh, guard positions. Yeah. But for the most part, they're healthy, and at least it's been the same unit for the last few weeks. Mm. And yeah, soon. And the them, Dolphins like to overpower people, and that's a line you're not going to overpower. They couldn't do it. And then All right, just, so Derek Carr didn't make your list. No, Derek Carr was really good in the game. He made some phenomenal throws, but there was, you know, uh, there was times of 
he missed a few throws. They were out of sync offensively, yes. especially in the first half. Uh, but Derek Carr is still a baller. And now it is time for three teams that are guaranteed to lose. Oh, number one. Number one. Oh, I wish I had a necktie last week, but I lost my tie. I'm worth $100 million, but I couldn't buy a tie. Wow, the Chargers are going to Carolina, and you're picking the Carolina Panthers GTL. I am. Isn't that freaking crazy? I can't believe it. I was had a hard time picking GTL this week. But I yeah. wouldn't pick the Chargers guaranteed to do anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what they are right now. They're guaranteed to throw the ball all over Carolina. That's what they're guaranteed to do. That's the truth. And then, you think Melvin Gordon can run on that team? Uh, I think they're going to be so worried about the pass game that it'll be probably a little more effective than we think it will be. And I just think Carolina, like this is this is the perfect scenario of a team like we won the Super Bowl. We've been in the fight all year, and now there's nothing to fight and for. And now we need to reevaluate. And look, NFL players, it's hard when you go from, we're here to win, we're here to win, and then you go, you can't win anymore. Yeah. You're done. Interesting. You went 2-1 and one last week and guaranteed to lose. You lost the game. Oh, I lost. You picked the Lions. Oh, I know. Down you went Orleans. Lions, Rams, Carolina. Yep. So you're 31-8 and eight on the season. They sh- yep, they sh- on me in a good way, though. Man, Terrell Lawson, once again. Give him a gig. Give him a gig. Next team. Guaranteed to lose. I learned my lesson from last week. The Bears. The Bears. I'm not going against Matt Stafford. Yes, I mean, I think they're going to be pissed off with the way uh, they played the last time against the Bears. Stafford and them got it rolling. Um, And I just look at the defense for Detroit right now, and I go, man, I think their secondary severely underrated. And just the big people up front, Anza and Devin Taylor are coming on. Uh, There's just... I, I think Detroit's one of those teams that's just going like this right now. They're on a steep slope. Uh, so I say the Bears going to lose. You know what else is really good, and this is going to impact my picks tomorrow? Yes. Matt Barkley has only played two games at home. The Bears are 0-6 on the road. Mm. So you're getting a team that's not that great on the road with a quarterback that hasn't played on the road yet. Right, and a defense that's like doesn't play man-to-man. They're going to just play bend, don't break. And Stafford's shown like, oh, you don't want to – I'll just bend you all day long. Yeah, and the two teams he's played, Tennessee – that was gross. <laughs> the two teams he's played, San Francisco and, and uh, Tennessee – Good defenses, but not getting after the quarterback defenses. Yeah, yes. Detroit likes to get after the quarterback. Yes. Then, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. The Bears, you're going to lose unless Mike Dicka and the Bears come back. You're yeah, I lose. agree. I agree. Left Coast mom says you're going to lose. You're going to lose. My mom continues to comment in the Facebook sections of my video. Yeah. I had someone tweeted us asking for your dad as a guest. Yeah, we got to get him soon. We got to get him soon. Be Bruce Left. Yeah, we'll just talk hygiene. Come on. Yeah, Shower dirty legs. Dirty Next legs. team, guaranteed to lose. Oh, you never fail me. You never fail me. You never win a game. Yes. You know, this could be the game. This could be it, but I got to see it to believe it because you are going to lose. My mama says you're going to lose. My dead grandmother say you're going <laughs> to lose. Oh, yeah, I went there. The Browns are... are Nani uh, and Grandma Sims you know Brown, said you're losing. Do you know the Browns are 0-6 at home this year? <laughs> <laughs> are they 0-6 on the road, too? They are. <laughs> those, deep da- those deep stat dives you're doing. They're Statistical great, mastermind yeah. over there. Uh, oh, that was man. on purpose. Man, okay. I got Grandma Sims and Grandma Nani in there. Man. All right. Um, anyway. <laughs> so now we're doing game picks. Game picks. I haven't looked at anything. Whoa. So I hate these game picks. Sims has already made his picks, which means you have to go first. All right. Well, I'm going to go through my statistical analysis. <laughs> to last live. week, Sims, you went two and five. Lefko, you went three and four. How? So if we're looking at the games we picked here, I like picked. I bet money on Kansas City. In I did life. better with the spreads this week. I went like twelve two and one on our spread games and lost all my big big all money right, games. So KC Atlanta, you guys both picked Atlanta, and I bet Kansas City. Tampa Bay at San Diego. You guys both picked San Diego. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Washington no. at Arizona. You guys both picked Washington. Wasn't expecting it's that. It's all right. Either. I didn't have the guts to pick Arizona. And Giants, Pittsburgh. You guys both picked Pittsburgh and got that right. Woo. Uh, games you disagreed on. Houston at Green Bay. Sims, you picked Houston. Uh, Houston, Lefko, you picked the Packers. A perfect example. I get an alert Friday. Jadavian from the Bleach Report team stream. Jadavian Clowney is hurt. And the first thing I thought of Sims going, I wouldn't have freaking picked the Texans. <laughs> That was killer. Next game, Miami at Baltimore. Sims, you picked Miami. Lefko, you picked Baltimore. That was my dumbest pick of the week. Man. And then the last game you disagreed on, Philly at Cincinnati. Sims, you yeah, picked like Cincinnati. That one. You picked Lefko, I would, you picked I, Philly. Like, I, I made my uh, picks, and I was like, I'm picking Cincinnati. This is yeah. stupid. All right, five games on the docket this I week to pick. I always obligated to pick the Eagles. Lefko, you are first, and the first game we're picking is Houston at Indianapolis. Uh, I'm going to take Indy. I don't even want to think about it. 
Sims, this is usually the cue for you to that's talk. When, that's your cue to Oh, talk. hey, guys. This is a podcast, huh? Uh, hold, we, on, hold on. Yeah, we didn't even pick Dallas, Minnesota last week, huh? Um, okay. We don't pick Thursday night games. That's so right. I, I forgot. Okay, yeah. I'm times. taking – I'm done. I am done. I've learned my lesson. I'm not taking Brock Osweiler anymore. I've had enough, okay? They could win the freaking Super Bowl, but not with Brock Osweiler. And, yeah, there's no way they're going to win that game. I just – as much as I respect that defense – I don't know Jadeveon Clowney's health status, so I'm not going on that. And games like Monday night for the Colts, even though it was easy, they can like jumpstart your team yep. because you just start to have this false confidence. Like, oh, we got it rolling. Let's keep it going. Next game, Lefko, you're up. I'm very interested to see how the Texans handle Brock Osweiler this offseason. Mm-hmm. I am too. Arizona. What are you going to do? Arizona at Miami. Arizona at Miami going Miami. Miami is 5-1 and one at home. Arizona 1-4 oh, on the road. Deep stat dive there. Uh, and I think that I trust Miami more. This is a, this is a, this is a tough one. I'm going Arizona. Oh. Uh, I am going Arizona. Listen, the thing that does scare me is, of course, that Miami D-line against Arizona's offensive line. Yep. Uh, but equally... If they get time, ooh, am I scared against Miami's secondary against that Arizona passing game as well? And David Johnson, what he can bring to the table one on one against those, you know. And I do think this Arizona defense, again, has moments of brain farts or whatever you want to say. Yes. I think what the public perception is going to be see, I told you the Dolphins were frauds. And what they don't realize is most of the Dolphins' winning streak was at home. I think if I guess, I think a lot of people are going to bet Arizona. But I think the smart money will go on Miami. Mm. I don't know. What, the, what is the line? I have no idea. I haven't looked at any of the lines yet. The line is, I don't know. My website's not working. He doesn't know. His website doesn't work. We got a sec. Bleacher. It's a podcast. We got nothing but time. We got nothing time. We can cut this out. For uh, Miami right now is minus one. Money is going on Arizona as we speak. Mm. It started off at minus two and a half. It's down to minus what one. A, what is, yeah, the big thing with that game, too, is just going to be, again, the health status of a Devontae Parker. Because if a Devontae That's Parker so is not totally 100%, then Patrick Peterson can move on to one of the other guys. And, and Devontae Parker was limited in practice, but yeah. he did practice. Okay. That's, that's a Next start. game, Washington at Philadelphia. Uh, Washington. You have to take Philadelphia. Guess what? <laughs> this is my first curse of the show. F*** that. <laughs> Out, bro. I'm taking Washington. Damn, as well. I just realized though it's in Philly. They're a different team, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Washington yeah. is going to throw all over that. That's team. what I would think. And you guys, and Washington pushed you guys around in the run game the first time. Washington's they're a bad O-line, matchup for you guys. Yeah, they're a bad matchup. Yeah. Their O line is good enough to handle the D line. Yeah. And if you blitz Kirk Cousins with Jamison Crowder, all those and guys. and their secondary is an issue, Washington. But you and don't right have the now, weapons to take advantage of it. It is an absolute mess in terms of the offense. And I really like that Doug Peterson came out. I don't like what Doug Peterson said. What I liked was what Frank Reich said. What he said. Doug Peterson came out and said, people aren't trying hard enough, to which Malcolm Jenkins said, really? Because now we're all questioning ourselves. And he called out a quarterback who he had thrown 60 times, where a quarterback has never won a game in the history of the NFL when you've thrown 60 times. And Frank Reich said, look, losing's taking a toll on Carson. Sure. That's the answer. The answer, Doug, is that your team is losing. <laughs> and that they're they're all going, what the hell am I doing wrong? Carson Wentz is going, I probably never lost this many games in my whole life. And now my coach is saying that I throw poorly when it's the only thing I've done well my entire life. Yeah, they they need to reevaluate how they handle media questions in the offseason. Doug Peterson needs a coach. He doesn't know how to do it. He goes out there and he talks honestly and then he goes, oh, no. And is it, you could see his brain working. He's going, oh, no. I answered that question where they're going to do something wrong. And now I'm going to backtrack. And now I sound like an idiot. <laughs> Next game, Seattle at Green Bay. Seattle at Green Bay. <laughs> um, I'm looking at this. There's really no indicator here. I am going Seattle. And the reason I'm going Seattle is which quarterback has a guaranteed healthy hamstring? Hmm. I am a little bit concerned about Earl Thomas being hurt. <laughs> I'm delirious. This week's long. Um, yeah, I'm going Seattle. Am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, you beat me on pick, so don't like look at me like I'm so wrong. So you're going Green Bay? Though. I am going Green Bay. You think he's going to toast him or what? Well, it's Green Bay at home in December. First of all, Andrew, Aaron Rodgers almost never loses in these scenarios. And I also go, man, they have great pass protection. They can stop Seattle from ruining the game that standpoint. And what's the one thing we've seen Seattle really struggle with? Great short passing games. Oh, mm. that's what they have. 
and I just Seattle. I just again, think the when, you th- when you have no threat, I know it's scary of a running game. Mm-hmm. When you allow Seattle to focus on one thing, mm-hmm. it's it is scary. I'm just going Green Bay, really tight game. Uh, just for you guys, if you're curious, uh, the Vegas rankings for these teams: Seattle is third, and they're seen as a 5.5 team. New England is number one; they're a 7.5 team. Green Bay is ranked 19th; they're an even zero. So Seattle is seen as five and a half points better than Green oh, Bay. That's interesting. Just where yeah. they're seen right Last now. Last game to pick. Who's two on that? Just why we're Two there. is the Cowboys. Three is the Raiders. Three is the Seahawks. The Raiders oh, are sorry. down to six. Huh. And who was four and five? Just why we're there. Four is Atlanta and Steelers are tied. Okay. Game five, Sunday Night Football, Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. Are we Left picking five pick. or six to see? We're picking five. You're not going to do New England, Baltimore? No, I wasn't. I thought you guys were both going to go New England. I mean, geez, you picked Washington, Philly, but you don't want to pick New England. Would you have picked Baltimore? No. Okay, I'm going to go Dallas. Me too. And I'm really excited for them to pound them. I'm going Dallas, though. So the only game we disagree on is Green Bay, Seattle. And Arizona-Miami. Arizona-Miami. I'll make up two games this week, baby. You are losing your brain. <laughs> I am losing your brain. This is a really even week. It is. Uh, if, a lot of... if, if you look at the lines right now, one, two, three, four, five, six are three points or less. Wow. Um, what are the big spreads? What's the some... big spreads this week. Detroit is favored at home over Chicago by eight. New England is favored over Baltimore by seven. Cincinnati is favored by six on the road at Cleveland. Indy is favored by six at home over Houston. And Atlanta is favored by six on the road at the Rams. Wow. Those are those are some high ones, but I can't say I disagree. Washington right now, this is one of those Vegas lines where you look at it and you go, come on, that doesn't make sense. Washington is only favored by one in Philly. I don't know. I don't know. I would want to pound Trent, it, but then I'd be like, oh. Trent Williams is back, right? I think so. I think this is the week he's back. Sims needs some sleep. Uh, the one thing I am excited about is we're starting to reach the time of the year where we're getting into all of the divisional games. We get to see Oakland on the road finally. We get to see the NFC East battling each oh, other. I mean, and we're going to start right. to see these playoff Who are pictures. you taking in Oakland, Kansas City? Oakland, Kansas City. I'm taking Oakland. I've already picked it, so I'll just say it. But I'm taking Oakland, yeah. I, I don't think Oakland's going to let Kansas City have a punt return touchdown or an interception return for a touchdown. So... I, I'm going Oakland from that standpoint. I'm taking Derek Carr to continue to push the envelope offensively, and Alex Smith won't, and I just don't think they're going to get those Tyreek punt returns or a Eric Berry interception return against this team. Sounds good. I'll take Oakland, too. <laughs> that was, no, my, that I, was I, my thinking. My gut instinct was Arrowhead. Yeah. Uh, it could be cold. Derek Carr hasn't played in a lot of cold games this year, right. so I'm always interested when a quarterback has to play in those situations for the first time. Like I gained a lot of respect for Kirk Cousins when he played in those. Like Now I have a lot of faith in Kirk in tough weather situations. Yes. Derek Carr can throw it. I'm not worried. Yeah, it's Arrowhead. Uh, my gut would say go with Kansas City. They're the hot team. Right. But I also think that... Oakland is the nonstop offense. Man. They're eventually going to score. And Kansas City, it's great they score in all those different ways. But when they have to only score offensively, yeah, can, can they, they do it? That I know. Be and last week in that game, when I watched that on film, I mean, Kansas City never stopped Atlanta the whole game. I'll be in South Bend, Indiana with Fendrick on Thursday night. Uh, and I've already told him, if you schedule a meeting at 8 o'clock or afterwards, I'm not going. Good for you. Put I'm a, watching. Put your right job is to watch football. And you went and saw Seinfeld, right? Yeah, I did. And I was going to tell my Seinfeld yeah, story you real quick. I'm almost positive that you've told the story on the podcast that you saw him at a restaurant in Austin, Texas, and he recognized your dad. And I've then never he heard got the story. Tickets. I did. I've told you the story, obviously. I don't know if I told it on the podcast yeah, or I not. Know. I mean, they're 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 using me in all kinds of ways here at Bleacher Report. I just can't even keep up. Keep with track it. of where your stories they're are going. using me. Like I got so, so many things I could say, but you're going to delete it, so I'm not going to waste my time. Um, yeah, but he walked in. I was in Texas. It was my senior year. It was right, right before my senior year of football season. It was like maybe June, somewhere in there, and I'm still there hanging out, working out, doing whatever. My parents come to visit me. We're in the uh, hotel restaurant. We're sitting down. It's me, my mom, uh, and my dad. I think it's just us three, and Jerry Seinfeld walked in, and we're like, you know, he's walking in, and we're like, holy there's Jerry Seinfeld. This, this is, is late 90s at this point, oh, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Late, this is like two or 2000, whatever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Jerry Seinfeld, that's awesome. And the waiter comes over to our table, 
Uh, and we're still going like, man, Jerry Seinfeld, that's so cool. And he goes, you know what's really funny, guys? He goes, Jerry Seinfeld is over there right now going, holy sh**. That's Phil Sims, and I was like, "What?" So I was like, "I got it." Me and my dad are both huge Seinfeld fans, and uh, we actually got up, went over, shook his hand. I asked him for his autograph, which I'm sure he hated because I've heard right. Jerry hates doing that. But he did. He wrote me an uh, autograph, and he gave me tickets to his show that night. Well, he was doing stand up in Austin. He was doing stand up, and it was uh, awesome. Man, it was amazing. I mean, That's he's awesome. he's a genius. He's an amazing evaluator of the human the human existence. Yes. Yeah. And I think part of it's because he's a New Yorker. <laughs> and you really learn about humans when you live in New York. <laughs> 75% of the show was just him making fun of how people act in New York. Right. I walk down the street every day, and I see things that I can't believe people do. <laughs> I see how people act on the train, like little things. Yes. Like I'm still amazed when I'm going to leave the train, and there's an MTA worker that pushes his way onto the train. I go, they literally announce, you, you, sir, literally have to announce, please make way from the closing door, and you don't even do what you say you're going to do. And it's just every day I'm shocked at how human beings are. Humans are, left goes hot now. No, well, we're humans that are at an all-time low right now. There's no respect for anybody in the world anymore. It's did really, you it is hear, Did you hear that Trump Tower? I think tower, it's time to wrap it up. This is all I'm going to say. <laughs> gonna say. Did you hear that Trump Tower on their website right now is advertising Secret Service? as the hot new amenity. You get Secret Service protection. It's the hot new Gosh. amenity at Trump Tower. Yeah, I just, he has we're to get we're 10 me. minutes after the end of the game picks here, and All we're right, going see nowhere. See you guys uh, later. Uh, 92 maybe. is done. Uh, keep with the Twitter questions. Let's try and get to maybe three every week. Sure. So at Sims and Lufko, that would be great. We'll be back episode 93. Uh, Monday, we're going to do a recap. I imagine it'll be more playoff stuff because the picture's starting to get clear. But we'll be back 93. I don't have a 93. Dwight Freeney. Bye, um. There you go. You already ruined it. Bye, Freddy. <laughs> we'll see you next week for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. I'm out of love. Go. Have a great night. Peace.